perfectly generic podcast contains spoilers, occasional adult language, and Frisco. You've been warned. Tighten your wigs, Homestuck fans. It's the Perfectly Generic Podcast, episode 23. I'm Kate Mitchell, and I'm here with Nell. Nell, how's it going? It's all right. Um, God, okay. Hi. Uh, how are you today? I'm doing great. Um, I, I did I did some stuff last night that was really fun. Um, yeah, you let's did, talk, Let's talk about this after your introduction, though. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Nell. I go by at Nellcromancer on Twitter. Um... I just, I don't know why you have me on here. I put some tweets out, and apparently they got extremely popular. And now I'm here. Yeah, you had good uh, takes about Kanaya, so I followed you. I and then you, and then yeah. I wanted some good takes about Kanaya on the on the show. Um, this show has mostly been, it's mostly, we just talk about Aridin and good takes about Kanaya. So what's your Homestuck <sighs> story? Whenever I have a new guest on the show, I like to ask, like, when did you first engage with Homestuck, and, like, how did you find it? All right, man. Okay, so I was the, I like, I didn't, I wasn't the person who discovered Homestuck. I was um, in a friend group that was into whatever was trending on Tumblr um, at the time. Um, back, God, 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all suddenly one day started talking about Homestuck. And I was like, I don't want to be left out. So I binged uh, all of the first fucking th- five and uh five acts of homestuck in like a week and got caught up and uh i never really stopped there was like maybe a year or two where i and, and when I... was this oh yeah no i got into homestuck when it was like 20 in 2013 mm-hmm. like beginning of like peak fandom era peak, peak fandom like right before the um dancester arc drop mm-hmm um so right before um open bound um so i was like like my first introduction to like like my like my first introduction to the fandom was that discourse um which was really fun and exciting um, <laughs> and have you been involved ever since no i dropped out for a little while um back in um 2014 some stuff happened at school um and like uh, updates slowed and um i got really busy with coursework and um also depressed and it really um, do be like that sometimes it really do be like that sometimes and i convinced myself for a while that i hated homestuck and uh somebody mentioned homestuck like four like a year ago now and i was like well shit i have to read that again mm-hmm. and i did and now i'm here and i haven't i haven't looked back um, <laughs> Uh, it was it was literally like I have to reread this again. I read, read I reread all of Act One, Two, and Three in like a single day, and I immediately fished my Kanaya hoodie out of out of my um, dresser, and I was like, I'm wearing this again. Uh-huh. This is now a thing I wear. This is <laughs> this is. <laughs> I actually do not have very much Homestuck merch. I have a Time have, hoodie and a car catcher. What do you have? I have a time hoodie, a time pin, which I wear on my suit jacket when I'm doing like TV hits and stuff because the world needs to know that I'm homestuck on Maine. <laughs> You're the best of us. I'm scared to be homestuck on my Maine because, like, I don't know. I already like I, my my job prospects are already kind of weird. Here's the thing: is I, you either you either like I feel like you know what if you know what homestuck is, you'd be telling on yourself. To, to, to chastise me for being homestuck on Maine. 
so people don't no, do I'm, it. No, I'm extremely jealous of the fact that you're you're you can be host at Gunbane. Genuine like, fact, genuine fact. I started this podcast like back in August. Um, as a sort of a process of like getting over my internalized homestuck phobia um yeah um like listening it, to this has helped me with that actually yeah because it's like but it genuinely because i sort of have moved into a really public role in my day job since uh since like this started and since i got involved in the homestuck community again last year um and uh and part of like part of like surviving that for me has been realizing that like life is too short for me to be ashamed of shit and especially good shit um french culture is out exactly being radically into the shit that you're into culture is what is hot and happening right exactly now. so i smack that i smack that time symbol uh you know on the on my like my like professional brand is the goddamn time symbol <laughs> um, yeah no that's awesome yeah um, and you know, it's, it's, it's been something that's sort of been like a centering presence for me. I mean, all, all the folks that have come on this show that I've met are just incredible. Um, and now, you know, and then, and, and it's been one of the greatest things and, uh, it, it, uh, I definitely had the, like the, uh, one of the weirdest nights of my homestuck life last night. You got to meet, I don't want to, I don't want to steal this. From no, go you, ahead. You, you say it. You got to meet somebody, um, and I'm extremely jealous about this. Uh, you got to meet Andrew Hussey, and I need you to tell me about um, everything that you can uh-huh. um, and are allowed to. Okay, so we mostly we talked about Juggalos like a lot, like a lot, a lot, um, like like um, like like to a to a process to a potentially concerning degree. We talked about Juggalos. Um, yeah, uh, I want to know because you were you were there. James was there too. Yeah. Did, you, did James look worried with? Yeah. How yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like a huge part of our conversations were just speaking. We're just um, like devolving into madness, talking to each other, while James just like looked looked at both of us like, "Oh God, I've 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 facilitated this meeting." Um, we also would just you know we just we just water. enthusiastically walk down the street like agreeing with each other. That Vriska had never done anything wrong in her life, not Which, once, by the not way, ever. She has, she's never. She, yeah. Nothing Vriska has ever done was ever her fault, and nothing she could control. Yeah, exactly. She is, exactly. She is blameless in she's everything. She's a victim. She is a victim. Um, and and so we would just sort of loudly like say that, and then like like just, and then I would just turn to James, like making a face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> James uh, Arati is the only character in in Homestuck Roach, of course. Yes, of course, and and I mean to be fair, she's a fan. Aradia is a fantastic character. Oh no, I love Aradia. Oh, but this isn't an episode about Aradia. No, it's not because we haven't done an episode about Aradia yet. James, come on and do the Aradia episode. Oh, I, I would love to listen to James talk about Aradia. Yeah, we also we talked about we talked about Aridin because no matter what I do in my life, every conversation I have ends up coming back to Aridin, including now this one because I'm telling the story. Um, no, it's okay. I was gonna bring up Aridin probably as well. I have yeah. Well, you have to bring up Aridin with Kanaya because their 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 arcs are really intertwined. Um, yeah, they're in, well. One's arc ends, the other's arc. Yeah. Thank God for that. Um, oh man, I like to say shit that just pisses people off. Like, a couple weeks ago, I called Aridin a minor character. <laughs> he is. He though. is. He, he is a minor he, character. Like if you like if you look at. The, the 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 body of the work of Homestuck, mm-hmm. Aridin shows up for maybe less than two percent of it. Mm-hmm. 
he's 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 such a tiny role and the amount of discourse he has he has created is on par with Riska. Yeah. <laughs> like the difference was that Riska got brought back so she got to keep doing discourse. Uh-huh. Um whereas Aridin ended and that was the discourse. <laughs> um, I've pissed off some Aridin fans before and probably will in this episode too. Uh-huh. Um, the, the oh, final, okay. the, so the final character word count, um, for, Four. for Aridin is, where's Aridin? He's got four, he has less words than Jaspros. Like, Aridin, and, and Aridin <laughs> is a minor character, guys. Oh, man, now that we've made all of the Aridin stands mad, can we tell, can tell me, tell us more about your, your amazing, uh, date with Hussey? It's not a date. No, it was, super was not, nope. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, I, I, you know, we had some, we had some beers, we, we, we chatted about stuff, we actually, we, we talked about Kanai a little bit, because I knew I was going to be recording this the next day, um, and, uh, you know, so, uh, if any of my takes sound like particularly, particularly smart, it's because I'm just repeating what Andrew said to me yesterday. <laughs> um, but actually here's the thing. So the thing that I need all of you to understand is that mostly our conversations, uh, were just me confirming that I am right about everything about Homestuck and I have always been right and I will always be right. You, my ego got too big for you there. You're back. Yeah, sorry. Um, the internet decided it didn't want me to speak. It's it's traditional. Perfectly generic podcast is is absolutely cursed. Um, I I have this I have this remarkable ability to like ruin my guests' internet just by having them on the show. It's like a superpower of mine. Um, it's 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 the 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 forces. It's Lord English himself uh, trying to prevent discourse about Homestuck from happening. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, Lord English's objective as a villain is to try to get you not to care about Homestuck. Exactly. And Perfectly Generic Podcast stands as a bulwark against not caring about Homestuck. Exactly. Because everybody on this podcast cares so much about Homestuck. It's true. We haven't, we have yet to have a guest who doesn't care about Homestuck. Maybe one day we will. Um, let's see here. So let's, uh, let's, let's move on from my, from my auspicious meeting. Um, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, he's a funny dude. He's a really great dude. We talked, so here's the thing. If anyone's wondering, like we talked about the bad shit too. Like, you know, I, we talked about the stuff from, from earlier this year that I talked about on the show. Like, you know, like it's 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 good. He's a, he's a he's a he's a very honest dude, and it was good to be able to be honest with him about that stuff. Um, it's actually extremely reassuring as a fan to hear that he's like like repentant and like like aware of of like exactly what he did and why he messed up, and and like th- that he was cool with having like a, a fan hold him accountable for that. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I look if you know if. Uh, it's been like 10 years of like this crazy community. Um, and I, uh, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, here's the thing is it's not bad to critically engage with media. It's just not, um, in like some, you know, there's people who, who get into sort of a, a Stanish mindset about things that they like or people that they like. Um, 
where you start glossing over the ability of of that thing or those people to do harm and you stop you stop being in favor of the thing being good and good for people and you start just sort of defending the thing it's um, like a deification of media yeah exactly um, and nobody you know the people who make media are just people um, right yeah they're complicated people like they're people who make mistakes sometimes um and you know, I don't believe, I firmly don't believe in cancel culture, and I especially don't believe in it um, when when somebody makes a mistake, they learn from it and they move on. Um, right. And they, like, and not not just move on by ignoring it, they move on by, by taking actual measures to ensure it. that shit like that doesn't happen again. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, and my experiences and like, meeting pe- members of the Homestuck team and folks who are part of this community now, um, like, I have, uh, I have, I, I have faith in what's happening moving forward. Not because I'm ignoring shit that's been bad or shit that's been difficult, um, but because I know that nobody's ignoring it. Right, because people are acknowledging it and holding people in charge accountable. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is really what I think it's the best possible solu- um, outcome. Yeah. So, so I wanted, to, I wanted to, I wanted to get happened. into that just a little bit, um, just yeah, so that I, folks know that, like, I'm not. You know, I'm not like, oh, it's cool. We, you know, we, like I hung out with this guy, so now I'm not like, and now, 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 now nothing is unlike right. It's unlike no, like it like still happened. The only, the only, the only person who's never done anything wrong is Friska. Right, exactly, and I'm glad that everybody can agree on that. Yeah, um, and there's no, there's no um, recent survey that uh, says that you and I are in the minority here. Well, here's the thing: is it actually doesn't matter because we are canonically heroes for believing yeah, we are. nothing wrong. <laughs> we are, and that brings us to the other. I think the other the piece of Homestuck news was that um, a couple of comic book stores broke. Um, uh, broke the the release date for yeah. book four so we got a lot of really tasty author notes we um, did uh a lot of them focusing on um on Vriska, but of course yeah oh man those quotes she's the killed, most important fictional me. character of all time um and i i want to get is... into i'll get into some of those quotes i think next week uh, about oh, yeah. about Vriska. I might do another Vriska episode next week. Please forgive me, Listen, audience. Vriska, deser- Vriska deserves at least eight episodes. Yeah, exactly. There will be eight Vriska episodes before I wrap up this fucking podcast. Just you, you guys need to understand that. At the very least, there will be eight. Yeah. Um. So we're like we're, we're not like talking about Vriska today. No, we're, we're not. We're about... like we're like we're like ten minutes into the show. We haven't even talked about Kanaya at all. Uh, so this episode, <laughs> this episode is uh. Like moving on from Andrew Hussey, this episode is about Andrew Hussey's self insert Kanaya. Yes. <laughs> um, my uh, the the lesbian vampire fashion queen. Yes. Um, um, Kanaya is one of my favorite characters uh, because I'm a lesbian. I'm not a vampire or a fashion queen, um, but you know, I we all have our flaws. <laughs> <laughs> I am also neither a vampire or a fashion queen, but uh-huh. I too am a lesbian and also in love with Kanaya. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Kanaya is one of the characters in Homestuck that I think has uh, the most like satisfying arcs. Um, there's a lot of mm-hmm. characters in Homestuck that have deliberately unsatisfying arcs because Homestuck is sometimes deliberately unsatisfying. Um, right. It's but, part of its whole metatheological 
thesis. Yeah, exactly. And actually, so speaking about that, I actually wanted to uh, get into this a little bit. I did want to read a little bit of the book excerpt. Uh, I wanted to read one first, uh, which was... Um, why did the author hate this character so much is a question some ask of fiction that is harsh to its occupants. It isn't true hate, but something else, a necessary degree of authorial viciousness to produce the right kinds of tension, which is tempered and balanced by an opposite force, authorial affection for a creation, which can express itself in extremes too, like various kinds of indulgence. These forces are explored symbolically in a more coherent sense later, but I think the themes begin to develop as Vriska's portrait comes into better focus as a vessel for this particular kind of scorn, one obsessed with challenging others in cruel ways to force them to overcome their limitations and get stronger. This quality probably becomes noticeable in this sequence because it stands in contrast to what Kanaya is doing. If Vriska is the current mouthpiece for authorial scorn, Kanaya counters with authorial affection. While Vriska wants to throw weaklings into the water to sink or swim, Kanaya prefers to support them with maternal concern. Acting as this sort of authorial mouthpiece is, is, is not a huge part of Kanaya's character, but it comes through in the right context. God, I love... All of these notes are so good. Um, and and it is, it's really interesting, because um, like thinking about it from that perspective, it's like... Kanaya got with her girlfriend. She married her girlfriend. That's the end of the story. Like that's what happens. Yeah. Like that's that's affection, and in a in a story that is, uh, like rife with characters um, being given uh, pretty pretty rough ends of the stick. Uh, yeah. Especially at the end of the story, um, uh, to have Kanaya win. And Kanaya is the one who won the most, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, is, uh, I think, really touching and important. Mm -hmm. um, um, but I also just think Kanaya is is intrinsically important in that she is um, a lesbian and, um, and like, associated with motherhood mm -hmm. and with, um, um, like, and in 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 a way that is is um, sort of uh, disparate from the um, other characters in Homestuck, she is uh, effeminate in a way that um, not a lot of the other surviving trolls um, were. Yeah, I mean, she um, is, she is. I would say she is like she's the high femme of of Homestuck. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is um, on the the. She is high femme. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably why i have a crush on her yeah um like like can i uh like you wish you wish that we were in a place in media where having a lesbian character depicted as associated with motherhood having a lesbian character that gets a happy ending isn't revolutionary but it is like it is <laughs> yet again it falls on the shoulders of the humble webcomic homestuck to break barriers in media uh, <laughs> um but like Kanaya is this like is in this story like a a she she is the, like she is the story is affectionate towards Kanaya like she faces difficulties just like all the other characters but like she is she she gets to be special and she gets to be good and she gets to use that goodness to accomplish her goals um, she does that's so true um and so let's talk a little bit about like Kanaya's self before we talk about her relationships with other characters um 
So first off, you know, all the trolls were originally based on like uh, like zodiacal coding, like things of the of the like signs of the zodiac. Um, and I think Kanaya's is one of the strongest associations. Um, I think it, on surface it is it is the most obvious. Mm -hmm. um, like Virgo is, is strongly associated with motherhood and with um, with interpersonal relationships. And um, I'm not a big um, uh, zodiac guru, um, but like it's it's her introduction is is like almost bats you in the face. But like this is the Virgo show. Do you get it yet? Yeah, um, uh -uh. <laughs> and it's. Um, I prefer the extended zodiac to the regular one. I, me too. Um, I, I, I actually know what the signs mean in that one. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I, th I find it really interesting because I feel like all of the trolls, um, while uh, at at their surface, um, extremely embody the, the 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 so to say the zodiac stereotype. Mm -hmm. Um, deep down, the, their complexity sort of um, subverts the initial expectation you get from it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kanaya's being a lesbian is sort of um, turns her um, motherly sort of coding on its head. Mm -hmm. um, it redefines the 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 like her chastity modus um, is I think more symbolical than a lot of the troll moduses um, mm -hmm. are. Like we have um the trolls have all sorts of dumb modi um because at that point moduses became a sort of a joke right yeah um like like Carcat had the the awful that awful hacking modus that um like punches a hole in his floor and um Terezi has the scratch and stiff modus because uh haha she's got the nose thing mm -hmm. um and but but can I is this? chastity it's yeah. it's the, the telling you that you can't have a thing until uh somebody else decides that you can mm -hmm. um and um like like the the big um association with that is that kanaya uses the the chastity notice to 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 pick up the the literal reproductive system for the remainder of the the troll race yeah and locks it away and that is that is not a subtle piece of symbolism that right is... and then when unlocking it um like it initially appears as though she is punished for it which i think is a pretty like it, it, this is in we're, we're, this is skipping way the fuck ahead and from an outline that we were gonna do but like yeah in murder stuck she you know she 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 gets out the matriarch and then it's destroyed. And I feel like Murderstock is a takedown of a lot of, like, horror tropes and horror movie tropes. Um, and, like, the, like, the, any sort of depiction of sexuality followed by being punished by the story for it uh, is it's, it's pretty very common. It's, it's, a, it's, it's part of the exploitation movie tropes that yeah. is, um, that uh, specifically Kanaya's part of the, of Murderstock, it, uh, Murderstock is, is, um, uh, is aping yeah um, she's she's the the victim uh, she's the the female victim and heroine of of murder stuff mm -hmm. but we only get to see her act one and her act four and her act three um, yeah. we miss the act two where she uh recovers from being um in this case brutally killed um uh struggles with uh uh coming to terms with what happened to her um, and we we then get to see her, um, so we miss all that part. Mm -hmm. And then we get to see her uh, post saying, "Okay, I'm gonna go do a revenge now." 
Um, I'm fucking unleashed. <laughs> what you've done is you've made this lesbian angry. Yes. And also glow. Yeah, that's a. Uh, so just as a heads up, y'all, if a lesbian is angry at you and begins to glow, like you <laughs> fucked up. Like you, we, we can all just do that. If you've never seen a lesbian glow, count yourself lucky. Yeah, exactly. You've never seen a lesbian truly angry. <laughs> um, and and for me, and we talked about this uh, last week a bit actually. Um, and for me, there's this. Uh, and and I know for you, and you've had some of the better takes about this, um, but like for me, there's a lot of even if she's not explicitly trans, there's a trans coding uh, is trans. To, to her narrative. But yeah, she's she's trans. Yeah, like like um, I've been asked a lot about this. Do you think Kanaya is trans? Yes. Yes. Um, and and why? Well, it's not like there are specific pieces of of the story. There's the the the. the um, connection between the matriarch being like, um, like fertility as a, a construct being destroyed, um, rainbow drinking and and um, as a, an extended uh, vampirism being sort of a, a fantastical interpretation of transition. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, uh, her sort of distance from the rest of society, um, and the fact that she is. Um, um, she she struggles or doesn't struggle, but she's she's powerfully associated with these um, like like this femininity in a way that the other trolls don't feel the need to. Mm-hmm. Um, almost as if she has to, um, or as if she wants to reaffirm it for herself. There's there's this affirmation um, that she does um, that comes up a lot. Um, See, so yeah, so she's concerned with her own appearance. Um... In a, yeah, like to agree that it's atypical for trolls. Um, she's also yes, exactly. totally at ease with the destruction of her own society. She's she's totally fine with it. She does not she does not mourn even a little bit for for alternative lost. Um, and I've talked a little bit about this because the other troll that I see is is very trans is Friska, um, and she's yeah. also very concerned with her appearance. It's a totally different kind of appearance. It's a ratty kind of butch look. Um, right. Yeah. But, like, it is one that she, like, that that she, like, insists on. Even, like, you know, like, wearing it instead of her god-tier robes to, like, do important shit sometimes. Um, right, and she, uh, she, like, goes so far as to, like, like, um, to, like, reinforce, like, Riska does, um, to, to reinforce it uh, on, uh, John. To, like, like, this is, this is my mark. This is my style. This is, uh, my identity. Mm-hmm. Is this is this style of clothing, and by forcing you to wear this style of clothing, I am leaving my mark on, mm-hmm. um, which is a very brisk way of interacting with transness, which is like taking like crystallizing her identity into something as simple as what she wears, and then pushing it on other people to prove like not just that she is uh, like like valid in her gender, but also. Um, like taking ownership of it and and also of other people by nature of the fashion that she has put them in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she she makes John more attractive to her by making John look like John herself. More like her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is man, if that ain't some uh, some like, I mean, you talk a lot about how Riska's um, relationship with men is compulsive compulsory heterosexuality. It is very, it very it very spells like that, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And by the way, I, I again, we just go back to talking about Vriska. Here's the, the Vriska and Kanaya are very connected. They are. They have, like, there's a lot of history there that we don't get to see because the narrative is built in such a um, um, scattershot, um, off-the-wall sort of way. But, like, they have definitive history there. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so much history between the two of them, but we're not in the relationship section yet, so let's wait on that. We're not in the relationship section yet. This, man, sticking to outlines is tough. I don't know, I know. how you do it. I know. I, I usually just don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I usually just don't, and that's how I end up on Arid in every episode. Ah, oh, man. I mean, so, I mean, we, we did touch on then that, that, that Kanaya is trans, and, and her reading of, of being trans isn't just um is isn't just like a um a head canon but it it is a a way of of um interpreting specific uh symbolological um, right. connotations and and also um as as a way to read the character um imparts um new and interesting depth into um the 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 fact that she's already a very symbolism heavy character right of course there's there's many axes that you can read any work of media by if you read, if you take any work of media and you think about it from X lens, it will help you diversify your own perspective on the work. So whether you're trans or not, or whether you're invested in a character being trans or not, like reading a character as trans and like giving it a shot is a good way for you to understand that character's relationship to their self better. Right. Um, and that's the same thing as, as lo- like looking at a work with a, with, with a, um, like a feminist read or a uh, a like a, a racial awareness read or a marxist read um right like you can take all of these different lenses and apply them to a work and you come out of it whether you end up agreeing that it's a good read or not like by understand like at least how like having the tools to understand why why you think that right it it changes how you look at things it's mm-hmm. um like man I mean, it really does sound like we're talking about um, like a high school English assignment again. Like, examine this character through this lens, but but do that because it's actually really, really interesting. Here's the fun. thing: is it's... that in high school they told you to do that with shit that you didn't care about, right? Yeah, um, but now do it with like Homestuck. And yeah, exactly. It turns out it's really interesting. Um, uh, also, Carcat uh, is a communist. Carcat is a communist. He sure is. Um, and uh, and. Yeah, and I feel like Homestuck, the reason why I do this show at all is that um, Homestuck is, I think, a work of media that, like, teaches you how to ride the bike, re-reading complex media, and it even explicitly references numerous media analytical techniques over the course of its run um, in a way that I think is actually a good teaching tool. Um, the best, the, the Homestuck is um, very good at tell, teaching you how to read Homestuck. Yes, it is, and it turns out learning to read Homestuck is a great way to learn to read all, like learn, learn how, how to, to consume anything. all sorts of multimedia because of its 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 wide varied thing. It's wide varied thing. There's my <laughs> that's my that's my big that's my big think right there. Your bigger brain, your big brain. Tank. My neck hurts from holding up my giant thing. fucking brain. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, but here's the thing: you're incapable of being wrong. So it's true. You're right. Yeah. Um, just happen to be right in this moment as well. <laughs> um, so back to Kanaya. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 
Let's do the yeah. part. Let's do the part where we talk about an aspect. Um, and then every time I do this, I'm like, ah, I sure am not optimistic, duelist, and I sure am saying yeah. less smart things than he would. Oh, I mean, me too. I, I mean, all of my biggest, all of my big brain aspect takes are like aspects are one twelfth of the universe. You, you expect me to be able to, to, to understand all of what that means when it comes to one person, but we can talk about like, um, Kanaya's isolation, uh, yeah. isolation in specific. Uh, in specificity is is um uh something that is um unique to space players um all and, three and, of the major space players we see start out their lives isolated um yes like jade um, on an island kanaya in the desert and uh calliope on the you know chained up in a room yeah and and, and like and like and, and and it's always a very extreme kind of of stranding as well. Mm -hmm. um, their isolation is is um, imposed um, externally. It's not um, it's not a a, a, a sort of um, isolation that is um, self inflicted. Mm -hmm. It's it's um, something that they as a, as a player has to overcome. Yeah. And like, can I? Uh, um, I mean, this is probably the best way to segue into to talking about Kanaya's relationships, but the way she tries to overcome that while still um, being stuck in this desert is um, by being the, you know, three the, the village two-wheeled Ashen device. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, she she is like like uh, she she sees um, uh, she sees a need and she feels the need. The need is for people who are quote unquote good at making other people not kill each other um and i'm i have a big brain take is that uh can i is fucking real bad at this yeah um, yeah uh, uh to the point where actually every auspicism that she's canonically been even somewhat interested in has ended with the death of at least one of the auspices not true sides. not true fact check I, she 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 gets that little uh like uh ashen like thought bubble about dave and carcat right oh you're right man it's really good that they don't die together yeah <laughs> right that's nice that would be really sad. i guess wait i guess in the timeline um, where that happened they both did die no they did actually die no i am right yo you are right fuck <laughs> fuck fact check fact check fact check kate fuck you you're wrong actually <laughs> Um, no, and, and this is like, like, Aridin and Feferi die, and Aridin kills Feferi, um, Riska kills Tavros, um, like, Kanaya, Kanaya enters auspicisms cause she horny for girls. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and she is, um, Are you about to, are you about to, are you about to do this take? I'm about to do this take. You are braver than the U.S. Marines. All right, everybody, drum roll. <laughs> so Kanaya is um, basically just Aridin, but a woman. Um, I'm really sorry. I know I'm going to get a ton of hate for saying that, but so you're going to want to. So you're going to want to explain that. Please save your and, tweets uh, until you get done with this. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, so I'm not saying that she is. Um, she's like as hateful as Aridin is, but they both have a similar um, emotional need to be um uh, intimate with another person and they uh impose on other people kanaya in a in a um and perhaps a more um societally acceptable way by by becoming auspicisms in the hopes of having it 
change into uh, red romance with the the women, mm-hmm. um, whereas Aridin is sort of more of an, uh, a whiny bitch that just sort of moans and like um, directly uh, imposes on uh, specifically Kanaya for um, to be the auspicious between. Um, I think it's um, him and Friska at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kanaya is like, well, I'm technically already pale with Friska, so you can you can go. <laughs> um, but 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 Kanaya is doing the same thing with Friska that Aradin's doing with Feffery. Yeah, you're right. They both want to be red with the other person. Um, you're, you're right about that. The big difference is that Kanaya is able to grow up and realize that things have moved on, whereas I think Aradin feels jilted by the way Feffrey breaks up with um, him and holds that uh, until it pops. Both of them do engage in acts of violence against the individuals that broke it off with them, though. I think that is actually interesting and important to remember. They Um, do. Um, Kanaya punches Friska in the face, which, um, which, if she had done that sooner, maybe she would have gotten with Friska. Yep. Absolutely, because Riska gets a little hard above her head after that, which is adorable. Um, she does. Poor, poor thing. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, and I think the difference in reaction to that is because they are morally different events. And this goes back all the way to episode three, where we talked about like like masculine versus feminine rage in Homestuck. And like the masculine rage of like breaking things, the masculine rage of Lord English. Like, being this really then, frightening, scary thing, which it also is in society. Like, people get really mad at me when I say this, but it is. It also is in society. Um, like, yeah. and, and, and the female violence and the female rage in Homestuck is, is righteous. It's full of righteous fury. Um, and it, it is like, yeah. these, it is like, these, like, like, Kanaya chainsawing Aridin in half. It is the, and, it is and, the, or, you know, kicking Gamzee in the troll nuts. Um, yeah, or, or also chainsawing Gamzee in half. Um, yeah, which, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I know it's doomed Kanaya, but that's still that still Kanaya. counts. She's still Kanaya. Still, still. I, counts. I wrote a very yeah. good thing that I haven't posted about alternate selves and Kanaya talking about alternate selves, which I really should just post. You should probably post it. Um, it's part of a longer thing, though, and I haven't finished the longer thing. Welcome to. Remember when I used to write fanfic, you guys? That was a thing. I, I, I sure was actually pretty good at it. Man, you're you sure are actually really good at writing. Well, yeah. Hopefully, I get the chance to. I mean, you know, I, I now I get to do it for on occasion for a very very good webcomic uh, in Vast Error, and I'm happy about that. But I just don't have a lot of time for more. Oh, are we gonna talk about Vast Error? Because if we talk about Vast Error, I am gonna talk about my Murat take. I kind of want to do. Maybe let's do a bonus show after the after the end credits where we talk about Vast Error. Okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'll, we'll see how how much I can keep up with that after uh, post credits because I'm not. I'm not uh, um, entirely caught up. Okay. Which I, I need to be. All right. Um. So I'm gonna read a quote from the most recent Homestuck book, book four, maybe uh, about about Kanaya uh, from the author notes. Uh, so cue the background music, me from the future. Kanaya has a fascination with dangerous girls she needs to keep an eye on, which sort of makes Vriska her starter Rose, a much shittier and more difficult to manage Rose. I mentioned Kanaya's enabling trait before, which Vriska almost seems to be calling her out on here. Her meddlesome, en- enabling yet condemning approach to certain relationships puts her in an odd social box which people don't quite know what to do with, and Vriska seems to struggle with it too. Does Friska like her and want to earn respect from her? Does she want her to go away? 
Frisk is the type who sucks up to people and wants approval from them if they show apathy towards her, Aradia, and shows disdain for those who do the opposite, either positively or negatively, Tavros. And Kanaya confusingly exhibits both traits. Too cool, too aloof for Vriska, but oh also, she cares a lot and wants to protect her from her own dangerous tendencies. Some of it reads as simple attraction to these types of girls, but a big part of it also has to do with Kanaya's strong maternal streak, the need to mother certain people. It doesn't seem that Vriska dislikes her per se, but unfortunately Kanaya's conflicted, concern-based approach to the relationship has dropped her right in the friend zone. Actually, the place Kanaya finds herself in is uh, finds herself in a lot is probably better described as the mom zone. I'm vindicated by this so much because mm-hmm. um, Kanaya is kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, um, no, she is. She's like, um, she's like, like, like <sighs> she was too hot for Vriska to act, to to adequately stand up to her when she was auspicing with Tavros, mm-hmm. which only causes pain for Tavros. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't... She wasn't troll enough to, um... Like, to, like, say to, um, Aridin's face that, uh, he needs to chill out and... Like, like, that... To, to tell her what Fefri told him. Mm-hmm. Or her, sorry. Like, because Fefri and Kanaya have a discussion about how Fefri is planning on breaking up with with Aridin, mm-hmm. and then Aridin contacts Kanaya, and he's like, "I know you've been talking," and Kanaya is just like, "Oh yeah, well, I'm not gonna mention this thing that will, you know, to let you prepare yourself. I'm gonna let Fefri, who also breaks up with Aridin in a very bad way, <laughs> like, yeah." It's not it's, good. They're all they're all they're all teenage disasters. Um, they're all they're all teenage disasters. Everybody makes mistakes in romance, but it's just the mistakes in romance in Homestuck get people killed. Yeah, like um, like uh, Kanaya is really condescending uh, at her worst. She, she is extremely condescending. Um, and like she's she's like 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 she's too timid to tell Rose outright to stop what the fuck she's doing because it is sending her to her doom mm-hmm. um, because a part of Kanaya really likes watching Rose be this chaotic um, like causeless rebel who's just going around fucking shit up and absolutely ruining things she's that's attracted to rule breakers she wants she like is. she's attracted to rebels um, she's like the anti L word yeah yeah, um, Elward always goes for the good girls. <laughs> yeah, she she wants to make turn bad girls good, mm-hmm. but she's really bad at it. Um, <laughs> um, I you know I've read this quote on the, like there's just the like four lines that like sum up this aspect of Kanaya's character for me is it's okay to be dangerous. Lots of people are, and dangerous people can be really important. Maybe even the most important sometimes. That's. That is, yeah, I mean, that's that's so much, um, but it's also extremely true. Homestuck is, Homestuck has a fascination with dangerous women. Um, and, like, Kanaya, um, Kanaya gets to be a dangerous person herself. Mm-hmm. At, at, like, like, at the conclusion of her Murderstuck art, she becomes the dangerous woman that she has always admired. Yeah. Um, and there's a little bit of, um, I think, um not like there's like pathos in that in that like like she has achieved um something that she's only ever tried to temper in other people mm-hmm. um to and, and and to have it unleash in herself um 
and like as you said this this um uh this feminine act of violence uh, which is extremely feminine it mm-hmm. is the most feminine way to be violent uh possible because yeah. she accessorizes before during and after murder she really does she like like mid murder she has like 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 before the murder she doesn't just bandage up her wounds right she 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 wraps uh, herself in the bow from the person who killed her mm-hmm. um she doesn't just um reapply lipstick she specifically reapplies the lipstick that has been covered in the blood of of the person that killed her mm-hmm. um she has the the um the the glasses fall hunter like she is accessorizing in much the same way um jack did, does in in uh in uh act five act two uh after killing mama and dad mm-hmm. um but i think it's done more it's it's done more subdued because there's no um like it doesn't make a gag out out of it it just happens mm-hmm. um and i think that's really fascinating that like like the the connection with fashion and murder is uh one of those weird associations that Homestuck makes that it's you don't true. really think about. Uh you don't really think about a lot because they feel like extremely disparate events. Mm-hmm. Um until you look at the story as a whole and you're like what the heck? Yeah, what's going on here with fashion and murder? It's very yeah, yeah no, you're right. I hadn't even thought about what? that. You put that in. That's a visual symbology. What does this mean? Yeah. Exactly. Like, and I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um, I like, on the one hand, I think like a lot of it is just um, Hussey, Hussey doing his shit post thing where he just brings back up um, like previously created jokes and recontextualizes them to make you like think about things again. Mm-hmm. Um, but like part of it as well is like, like it, her doing that imparts meaning to the reader mm-hmm. um and i i like i i read it as a as her like reaffirming her femininity in a way that um a lot of uh, revenge films have um the the women cast off their femininity mm-hmm. um in in and uh, to go back to the the discussion of of murder stuck as an exploitation film kanaya shows up for act one and act three and she is arguably the the heroine of of murder stuff yeah um and we missed the act two we missed the part where uh where usually in the 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 exploitation field the 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 woman um you know, uh, disavows herself of her femininity like cuts her hair is the 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 obvious symbolism usually um and then goes to go do a murder mm-hmm. um and and kanaya on the other hand is like i'm gonna tie this cape into a bow to hold my guts in uh, gonna reapply my makeup. Then I'm gonna go do a murder. Then I'm gonna reapply my makeup again. Like, like I'm still a woman, and this act of murder doesn't stop me from being a woman. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. Yes, it is. It's um, man, I love Kanaya. I love Kanaya so much. She's so good. You know who else loves Kanaya? Hussy. Well, yes, but also Rose. Yes, Rose loves Kanaya. <laughs> and Kanaya and Rose, they sort of start as this like sort of dangerous this like this sharp edged sparring match act four has just like just kanaya's the roller coaster kanaya goes on with rose like rose and her expectation of rose mm-hmm. is um 
absolutely riveting. It is. <laughs> it's it's some of the best written parts of the comic, and it's the parts that I come back to and read over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because just everything from like um, the 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 like the Rose's third fourth conversation and Kanaya's seventh, mm-hmm. um, the one where they talk about like um, what what order they're gonna have a conversation with. Um, I mean, that was the minute I'm like, oh, Kanaya loves Rose. They literally, uh, I, it's literally called out in the book notes of that scene that that was the moment when Kanaya and Rose fell in love. Right, like, it's the moment where, like, like Kanaya puts an, a, a truly absurd amount of effort into actually trolling Rose. Mm-hmm. And little does Kanaya know that um, that all of that is is mute because um, the, the whole, and uh the whole person who initiates this um troll off is um john yeah which man john is the best wingman john gets every <laughs> lesbian together yeah john john, john just, is just this is just this sort of effortless force for good in this story and good being relationships with good women. being lesbianism lesbianism yeah, is explicitly lesbianism. like a force for good in the world of homestuck Lesbianism is a force for good in every world. Let's it's true. Know. It's true. But it, but in in Homestuck especially, like there's it so is. many moments like where like heterosexuality is depicted as like unsettling or repulsive. Even um, like yeah. I, I always think about the the like Equius like Aradia bot kiss. Um, Man, I I love that bit. Like it's it's definitely messed up and like complicated and convoluted. But I was so intrigued. Yeah. I was like, what is how does this make sense? Do yeah. they hate each other? Do they love each other? Why are they kissing? And yeah. it's like, like, and the best part is he doesn't even like jump from there into um, the troll romance. Like he leaves that um, for like another couple pages. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, well now I'll explain why they were kissing. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it is one of, <laughs> oh, it's, it's one of the most interesting parts of the comic for sure. But you know, you also yeah. get like, like snowman, uh, snowman Jack. Um, yeah, which, man. You know. <laughs> that is that is that is a relationship so toxic it destroyed an entire universe it did yeah and then like uh caliborn's hitting on jane like kicks off the the trauma of the trickster arc Jeez, yeah uh, i mean caliborn's weird obsession with belittling um jane is is like a really it's one of the most uncomfortable and like i hate that i continuously laugh at it parts yeah. of the story because it's genuinely upsetting it is and it's not it's like it's not funny. Um, it's really uncomfortable. Um, I think the only thing that like I think like like he draws a picture of her that demeans her. Like yeah. like that's like ugh. And like like uh, back when I was in high school, that was that was a funny joke. Like the the um, the blue circle that is supposed to be Jane with like the descriptive words because he was too bad at drawing to read on it. That. But the the words themselves are awful. Yeah. Like that's how he feels about her. Like yeah. that's not just that's not a throwaway gag. That's like he's 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 repulsed specifically by Jane in a way that he's not repulsed by anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um also, yeah, Jane's canonically fat. Deal with it. Yeah. Um <laughs> Let's see the next um, bullet point. The next bullet point here is about. We got a lot of questions about this. Is about um, 
Kanaya's relationship with Carcat, which is yeah. a sort of a mirror to the relationship between the uh, Dolorosa and the Sufferer. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, Kanaya definitely, I think, sees... Um, I, I think you'd agree with that. Like, Carcat as, as like, like, one of the persons that she can mom on yeah. and not, and like, get away with it. But, like... I, she's like a genuinely empathetic person um, yeah. and i know i told her like she's selfish but she's selfish and also empathetic at the same time um, you can be she, more than one thing you can be more than one thing you can be um a fashion queen and a lesbian vampire yeah. <laughs> um, you can be you can be selfish and you can have whole deep empathy for the people you're talking to yeah um, and i feel like that's why people um people Think, and I, I will get back to Carcat. I just I think that's why people see her as as like a a good auspicious um, in Fanon is because she is empathetic. She mm -hmm. does she she has the ability and the capacity to to care about anybody and to see both sides of an argument and to to moderate. But yeah, she's she's motivated by self interest just like anybody else on this planet. Um, except with Carcat, she she genuinely wants what's best for him, and um, the conversation she has um, after Carcat gets through arguing with himself, uh, where she talks about Twelve Perigees Eve, um, always really strikes me as like this is someone who is reaching out to someone who feels similarly yeah. to her. Um, I don't think that they're more reals. I I I I think I take a similar line with you when like um, with where like um, Moirales is a type of romance, even mm -hmm. if it's a sort of platonic romance. Um, yeah, I just I just don't think she's interested in getting you know she she likes momming Carcat, but she but like I don't think she, she has a, like a romantic really I don't think she has a romantic interest in Carcat. She doesn't have a romantic friendship with Carcat. She yep. has a very she she relates heavily to Carcat. She is Carcat's best friend. Yeah, but he would never know that. Yeah. Um, um, because she sees Carcat as someone who's going through something similar with her, and uh, they're going through something similar together. They they they're both um, isolated from society. Carcat uh, because of his blood and and not fitting in with with, um, with how um, he understands uh, romance to be. Like he's he's um, uh, he's like troll gay, uh, which is to say he doesn't like like um the the quadrants don't work for him like mm -hmm. he that's not how he experiences romantic attraction it's it's more organic and muddled and and kanaya because she's she's physically isolated from people she's been alone she's um she's afraid of 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 coming across as un unseemly to other people and she sees um Karkat as this person who's like the opposite of her in that way like he, people are drawn to him even though he tries his damnness to get them to to hate him mm -hmm. um and whereas kanaya works so hard to make everybody like her mm -hmm. and fails miserably at that <laughs> sad sad but uh, then it ends up not being sad and that's satisfying well, it is satisfying um i mean rosemary has the best ending of the uh, out of everybody in the com out of any relationship in the comic it's true um, I would argue it's, it's tied it's with a, Callie Roxy, but that that plays oh, out. Oh, I mean, that's that's yeah, that plays out under a much smaller uh, time frame. Yeah. Um, although it is, 
it's extremely good and very like it, Roxy is another character that just deserves good things. Yeah. And boy, does she get it. <laughs> um, that's that's so good. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. So I, let's get to, let's get into our listener questions. Uh, Pip oh, asked yeah. on Discord, uh, "Kanaya, best girl." Kanaya, best girl. Yeah. She's she's okay. fantastic. She's ten out of ten. I you know you know you know who I think the best girl is. It's Terezi. Yeah, of course. Like like listen. Any girl in Homestuck is better than any of the best girls in any other piece of media. You're so, like, you're, you're right, and you should say it. I, it's really it's really hard because rereading Homestuck has made me realize how how like starved for good girls I am in other media. Like, yeah. Um, man, there's a lot of cardboard characters that have like two interesting. Cool, thanks, phone. Um, two interesting character traits and nothing behind it. And um, Homestuck is just like, I'm going to absolutely just, like, it's like a buffet where every meal is delicious <laughs> and all of the meals are good girls. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that, that was way worse than I, it came across in my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna, that, that stays in, folks. Uh, Donorous64 <laughs> asks on Twitter, what do you think about Kanaya's strife specifics and weapon? We already, so, so Nell already talked a bit about the femininity angle. Um, but what I, mean, I want to talk about is, is that is, that is, uh, that is um, hysterical dames weapon is, from Problem is. Sleuth. It's one of the nice little Problem Sleuth references in Homestuck. And, it is. Um, and I Andrew. use it. I use it to argue that Problem Sleuth happened in the Homestuck universe. Um, oh no! Yeah, which that, is just that, a boring. Th- which is just like one of those like time for some game theory. Like I'm gonna go on MatPat and talk about how Problem Sleuth happened in the Homestuck universe. <laughs> if you haven't read Problem Sleuth, do yourself a favor and read Problem Sleuth because it's great. Um, yeah, it is. It is really good. Um, actually, on his book notes, when uh, Hysterical Dame is being introduced. Um, with the with the weapon, he goes, "Oh hi, can I wait? No, wrong wrong comic." <laughs> um, which I think is like, it's it's good. But um, there's uh, I, I this is part of why I, I do read Kanai as trans because there is that duality there between the lipstick and the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also been brought to my attention that chainsaws were originally designed um, to help um, with um, C sections. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, look it up if you don't believe me. Uh, chainsaws were originally created to help with childbirth, and if that doesn't tell you about how we, uh, the the terrible ways we have treated women um, as a society throughout uh, throughout history, then uh, I don't know what's gonna tell you. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Um, but that's. That's just a fact, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Becca asks, distinguished, functional, or disaster lesbian? Oh, disaster lesbian. That is extremely um, That is extremely good at pretending to be distinguished. Like, I think she's all like three. She, I, think she's, I she, think she's like, I think she embodies all three at various different points throughout the story. I mean, like, yeah, but she's, she's a mess, but she's one of those people that's like, as long as my room is clean... Nobody can see the the fact that all of my trash is hidden under my bed. 
um like 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 she's clean but it's it's a it's a very it's a surface level presentation but let's be clear she doesn't literally have trash under her bed because she's a virgo no she's she is she is a virgo and she can't stand a mess Uh uh-huh you know it must have bothered her so much about how messy rose's room is (laughs) she's like i want to get up in there and clean that room well i mean listen Kanaya and and Rose's whole relationship is this dance of like hating and loving each other in much the same way as every relationship in Homestuck is. Yeah. Um it's this animosity that has grown out of like truly and deeply caring about somebody. Yeah. Xteen asks on Twitter, "Why is Kanaya's favorite Naruto character Sasuke?" No. We're not no. Gumi asks on Twitter, "What would Kanaya think of Kingdom Hearts when she inevitably plays it?" Uh she'd hate it because it has no interesting girls at all. Uh, it has Aqua. It has Aqua, and I think she'd stay because she thinks Aqua's interesting, and then it turns out that Aqua's kind of, kind I've been of playing, I've been, I've, So I got the complete collection. I've been playing Kingdom Hearts for, like, fucking, like, 60 hours. Who the fuck is Aqua? Oh, Aqua I'm not there yet. Show, Aqua doesn't show up until birth by sleep. Jesus fucking Christ. These games are too long. Um, <laughs> the games, I listen, say, I okay, say on my I'm podcast about Homestuck. <laughs> Oh, there was a really good Listen, question about okay. friend sim, but like we're running over and I don't want to get into it. Oh, just we are now. running over, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to wrap up with this question uh, from uh, Choba Ribi, who asked on Twitter, if Kanaya had not gotten her matriarch back because of Roxy, what other means do you think she would have employed to get it? Would, have e- would it have even been possible? Would she have tried anyway? The answer is, yes, she would have tried. Of course she would have tried. Of course she would have tried. She would have, she would have taken John and like throttled him until he teleported her to a place where she could retrieve the the major orb from another timeline yeah like, absolutely she would she, like 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 her association with with the mother orb is not just like it starts off as a as a duty that she mm-hmm. has and then she loses it and she realizes that she actually does want it yeah and like, here's here's like, my thing here's the thing that, that i'm gonna say is that is something possible in homestuck the answer is always yes yeah. Uh, because the ultimate riddle in Homestuck is the question asked at the end of every character's introduction. What would you do? Well, what what will you do? do? And the answer is, from the work that Homestuck references more than any other, the never-ending story, the definition of the force of Arin, do what you wish. And that's our show. That is our show. <laughs> uh, the intro music is perfectly generic by Gumi. The outro music now playing um, is just some nightmare with Mario Paint cat sounds. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why Gumi. Gumi was like, we have to play this on this episode. Um, it's it, but it's it's about Nepeta. Nepeta plays Kingdom Hearts and loses her shit over Lion King Sora. Dot W A V. Um, oh man, I was. I was on call when when Gumi finished that, and I got to hear it, and I was like, "So you do know I'm doing an episode about Kanaya, right?" Um, and and her response was, "Yeah, but you have to play this anyway." So that's good. Thanks, thanks for being the president for life of uh, music on the PGen Pod. Gumi. Yeah. So thank you, President for Life, Gumi. Um. Let's see. Uh, you can find this show at perfectlygenericpodcast.com. Uh, you can find us on the iTunes uh, podcast directory, on Spotify, on the Google Play podcast store, um, on Overcast. Um, 
and give us a review. There's been a bunch of reviews uh, and ratings recently. Definitely appreciate it. Always love reaching more fans. Um, you can find us on Twitter at pginpod, uh, also on Tumblr there. Um, you can find, uh, oh, oh, and right, before I move on to that, the Perfectly Generic Podcast will be live from Burbank, California in March, on March 24th. Um, we are going to have a wide array of special guests for our show. Uh, it's going to be myself, uh, Austin, and Heather, the co-creators of Vast Error, uh, Paige, who you may remember from our Skynet episode, uh, Aisha, uh, who's a writer for Skynet Systems in The Strange Case of Starship Iris, uh, Optimistic Duelist, the writer and essayist, uh, James Roach, the musician and audio director for Five Swap, uh, and Pip, the writer, artist, and transcriber, who is listening to me right now at 0.25 speed, transcribing my words, and is a hero for that. Um, <laughs> uh, that is going to be from the Guildhall Bar in in Burbank, California that evening. Uh, we're going to the, the, the format of the show is simple. First half is going to be about what's the most meaningful part of Homestuck to you. Um, and the, uh, the the second half is going to be a meet and greet and a discussion on Vast Error uh, with me, Austin, and Heather. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Gamblignan8. You can also follow my main uh, at KateMitchellOW. Uh, the Overwatch League season's about to get started, so there's, there's uh, you know, we're going to have some fun over there. Um, where can folks find you, Nell? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Nelkermancer, um, and that's that's it. I don't do the social medias too much because um, they're all terrible for your brain. It's true, they are. Um, except for Homestuck Twitter. Homestuck Twitter's been very Homestuck good. Homestuck Twitter's actually extremely good. Yeah, it and, is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week for something. I don't actually I haven't actually picked the next show yet, so you know we'll see. Um, yeah. Wow, what a fucking strong ending. <laughs> man. Uh, oh, people man. are going to stick around after the credits. I actually have to I have to I have to split. So, sorry if you're sticking around after this fucking Mario Paint song um to listen to a talk <laughs> oh. about Vast Era. We're going to have to do it some other time. Yeah, I know. We can we can record an episode where I I talk about all of my complicated feelings about Vast Era. Yeah. I I'm I'm interested. I'm interested. It's always nice to it's always it's always good, I think. It improves me as a creator to talk to uh to talk to folks who are like, well, I don't really get what you're, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not fully on board. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to surround myself with people who are like, you're perfect. And I'm you're like, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm on board, but I'm also like hanging off the board, uh, on the back. Honest feedback uh, is important for creative growth. It's a good webcomic that you should read if you haven't, but you probably have because it's like extremely popular now. I guess it is. It is. It's extremely popular. Yeah. Done good. Well, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, again, it's been years of work from Austin and Heather and, and a long time of work from Zam. Um, and I just happened to hop on, like, right as it was getting super popular. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's been, that's, that's how it works. yeah, it's been one of the most creatively enriching projects I've ever worked on. Uh, the, the experience of working on Vast Air and engaging with the fans and seeing all the amazing things that they create has been awesome. Uh, actually, we're going to have a thing tomorrow. Um about fast error oh, we have our we're, yeah. we are we are revealing the first trollodex entries uh which is trollodex. the cast the cast for an upcoming project i'm so excited for that i'm, I'm honestly extremely excited me too <laughs> <laughs> all right see you nell see you listeners all right see you later have a good week uh, everybody have a nice weekend everybody